Welcome to the Cardinal and Cream podcast. I'm Margie Stanfield, and I'm a sophomore majoring in journalism here at Union. And today I'm here with Lainey Fox, who is also a sophomore who is majoring in communications here at Union. Nice. Uh, so today we are talking about my favorite thing to talk about, which is books. Books are amazing. I love books. Huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. Books. <laughs> um, the so, one thing that's fun is that since I was homeschooled, mm-hmm. I basically grew up only reading books. Oh. And it actually caused issues because I would read all of these different words and not know how to pronounce them. So it was really hard to communicate. Because oh. I would just be like, instead of like saying vicinity, I'd be like vincity because I was convinced that's how you pronounced it. Yeah. I I think I used to say preface instead of preface. Yeah. And that kind of like little things like that. Um so you grew up really into oh, books. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We would go to the library at least once a week. And oh, wow. Home. It was really great. That's interesting because both of my parents are educators, but I wasn't a big reader as a child. Mm, what I got had, you into it then? I, I always wanted to be someone that read. Specifically, my thing was I always wanted to be the person that read the movie before, I mean, read the book before they watched the movie. Oh, And yeah. I never was. And I had a lot of friends. I admire that. I had a lot of friends that grew up um, being really big readers. And I just couldn't, I didn't have the attention span for it. Um, and then I found books that I liked and then it became an addiction. (laughs) And now I, uh, the last year I read 90 books. So it, it, it it escalated quickly. Um, but it was really just been in the past like four years that I've gotten really into reading. That's interesting. So this is a recent thing for you. Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. That's cool. I, I mean, I read like a little growing up. Yeah, yeah, but, but like not like a reader. No, I wasn't like an avid reader. So. That's so interesting. That's interesting. But I was homeschooled too. Because so. uh, I, I also didn't know that. Seriously? Yeah. Well, I With was. With your parents being educators and everything. I was public schooled up until sixth grade. Oh, you were half and halfer. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. A lot of people are half and halfers. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like full out, baby. I can't K- imagine that. K through 12. Dang. Man. But I was a lot bigger of a reader when I was younger because I had more time. Gotcha. College definitely has dampened on, it's my, really sad. on my reading. Um, yeah. Well, do you have a favorite genre of book to read? Fantasy all the way. <gasps> Specifically children's fantasy. Really? My favorite genre is fantasy too. I feel um, like that's, that's, it's just an escape, you know? Yes. It's a good time. I, I don't read as much children's fantasy. Um, I mean, aside from Harry Potter, Chronicles of Narnia. Fair enough. Um, and I guess you could count The Hobbit. Um, yeah. But I'm more of like a... I guess young adult to adult fantasy. Oh, that's gonna be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm also a big classics person. Just, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Those are my two things: is fantasy and classics. Yes, I've recently I've been wanting to reread Jane Eyre because I haven't reread oh. Jane Eyre in so long. I read it last year for the first time. Did you like it? Yes, I like Wuthering Heights better. Um, See, I could never. Li- I never enjoyed Wuthering Heights. Uh, and I'm reading the third Bronte sister. Right now, Tenet of Wildfell Hall, and that's oh, Anne Bronte. And I've never even heard of that I know, because she's the forgotten Bronte, but she it's is. oddly really good. The Bronte sisters are just amazing. Yeah, Let's be I, I love the Bronte sisters. Um, so today we are talking about our three, the three best books we've ever read individually. Is that the, is that what yeah. you would say? Three best books oh, we've like ever our, read? Our favorites, yeah. Yeah, three favorites. Um, because I could argue that there's some books that I think are really well written that I just did not enjoy reading. Like Where the Redfern Grows, hated that book. Yes. But it was so well go- done. I just hated it. That's something that I'd like to talk about more later is that yeah, okay, I okay. feel like you can you can appreciate a book without enjoying it or vice versa. Absolutely. But yes, let's get into some of our favorite yes. okay. books. Do you want to go first? Mm, do you need more time to think about 
yours? Because you said that you only knew one of them. <laughs> no, see, I have a bunch of favorites, but I'm having a really hard time figuring out the order in which I would rank them. Okay. That's the issue. All right, I'll, then I will go first. Lovely. Um, I'm going to go from, uh, I'm going to end with my very favorite. I'm going to start okay. with. Okay. Okay, so the third one, it's was like like you, it's easy to pick my favorite, but it's a little harder to um, definitely pick the other ones. The third one in particular Though I love fantasy, fantasy is such a broad genre, and very, very, and broad. I could just not pick my favorite fantasy book. So there's not a fantasy book on this list. That's actually interesting. Yeah. So this this book is, I think it's just general adult fiction, but it does have fantasy elements. It's called The Midnight Library. The what? Midnight Library. The Midnight Library. That's cool. Um, by Matt Haig, and it. I read it for the first time at the beginning of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I read it now, I might not like it as much. But I, I, the reason it makes the list is because the experience I had reading it for the first time. Yeah, tell me about that. Tell me about that. Um, any, it's hard for me to describe why I like a book. I mean, why I love a book. If I like a book, it's easier for me to be like, this is what I liked and this is what I didn't like. But if I'm like so overwhelmed with love for a book, it's more of like two things, a feeling I have, and then if I can't stop thinking about it after Mm. I read it. Okay. And I used to work at a bookstore and I would pitch this book to everybody. (gasps) I've always wanted to work at a bookstore. (laughs) I worked worked there for a year and a half. I was a barista and a bookseller. That's amazing. Um, And I would recommend this book to everyone. and it's basically the pitch I would give them is in between life and death, there exists a library and like each book is a different life you could have lived based off of one choice you made differently. Oh. So it reads really easily because it kind of reads like short stories because each chapter is like a different life this person could have lived. Oh. But it's all connected overarching. Ooh. Um, and I feel bad because I used to recommend this book to people and like it wasn't until my mom re- started tried to read it recently that she was like, Marky, this book is so depressing. <laughs> and I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> um, You're one of those people. <laughs> because I left it with such a warm feeling. Um, but the beginning is deals with some like heavy subject matter, like really heavy subject matter. Oh, so, yeah. but it's That's such a great concept. Yeah. That's fascinating. It's some people complain that it's it's a little, it's like a fiction book. Disguised, disguised as a self-help book is some people's complaint, but I, I can see that, but it's I mean, that really, makes sense. It's but. still really good. I highly recommend it. But like I said, I feel like, I wonder if I wouldn't like it as much now because I've read a lot of books since then, but. Yeah, music, uh, music taste, book taste can change. <laughs> yeah, I think it just makes this list for me because it was one of the first books that I had the experience of not being able to stop thinking about it after I read it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds Yeah, that sounds like they put a lot of thought into that just based on your description of yeah. it. Yeah. But it's only like 200 300 pages, so it's a really good book for an, someone getting into reading in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um lengthwise, yeah. yeah. Maybe not subject matter wise. No, yeah, it's heavy and I I feel so like one time somebody came in and was like, "I need a book to cheer me up." And I was like, "Midnight Library." And I like completely <laughs> forgot about how dark the beginning is, which is what wow. everybody tells me when I recommend it to them. But yeah. My next two are classics. Um, the, my second favorite book I've ever read is The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. Have you read it? I'm almost confident that I have, but I can't. I'm like oh, 75% sure I have. Okay. Um, but I don't know. And the, the only way I feel like 
it would resonate for you if you would remember is if I told you that ending and I don't want to like spoil it. Wa- Look, hey, girl, <laughs> I am at least 50 percent more likely to watch or read something if I know the ending, which okay. is really strange of me. All right. Well, I'll tell you after the podcast. <laughs> in, <laughs> okay. In case somebody okay. doesn't want to spoil. We'll have a little. little um, show, yeah. Yeah. So I read it at the end of last year. I'm pretty sure I finished it on New Year's Eve and. I just can't even articulate why I love it so much. It's just so rich. It's the first, I always like tab my books. I put little sticky notes like on lines that I like. Oh, that's cute. But this was the first time I ever like had to get a pen and start underlining and highlighting. You annotate all the books you read? Um, or like I, the ones that you love? I Well, I, I tab all of the books I read, but uh, I only write in specific ones. And Dorian Gray was the first one that I was like, there's so much good stuff. I got to get a pen out. And I like, really feel like I've read it. It's, it's, it's a pretty easy classic and it just, the characters are so rich and some of them are so infuriating. Did you ever have those, um, the collection? Oh my gosh, I can't remember what they're called. It's not the great illustrated classics. Those are the kids version, mm-hmm. but it's like the adult version like, where, where like they would take like all the best books, mm-hmm. like just like put them into, oh my gosh, I can't remember what they're called. Like the penguin? No. Well, they're essentially just like best of all time. Oh but like no. there's like, we have like a collection of them that are from like the eighties and nineties oh, wow. and they have like all the classics in there. And that's huh. where I got introduced to a ton of the classics oh, where wow. I just like read like, you know, you know, yeah. maybe one was about like going to Antarctica a biography, oh, wow. but then the next one would be like Pride and Prejudice. And it'd be like really, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> very whiplashy, but they were really good. That's funny. Yeah. I didn't have, we didn't have anything like that. Okay. Um, and if we did, I didn't know it. Um, <laughs> we had the Chronicles of Narnia sitting on our shelves, but mm-hmm. um no, we didn't have anything like that. My, I didn't, I didn't read a classic until 2021 when I read Little Women. Ooh, yeah. Little Women, I love it. But that like scenes where like you know where Amy burns like the book and stuff that makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. I can't read it without getting yeah. really angry. <laughs> Do you have a favorite sister? Um, sisters. Okay, I really understand where Meg is coming from. Yeah, that makes All sense. The time. That makes sense for you. But I like Amy the best. Really? See, I would like to be a Joe, but I fear that I am a Beth. Oh no, <laughs> don't die. <laughs> that's the fear. Um, at least that's what like BuzzFeed quizzes have told me. Oh no. Um, yeah. Well, we know we have to trust those Buzz- BuzzFeed quizzes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so what's the next book? Um, yeah, my favorite book of all time is Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Um, I read it for the first time in October, 2021. And I've probably read like 150 books since then and nothing has topped it. I, it's a very interesting discussion book. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's a weird one. Like if you know me, if I don't think it's the book you would expect me to say, cause it doesn't really, I don't think go with what you would expect of me. Mm-hmm. Because but I love gothic literature. I love classic gothic literature. Have you read Northanger Abbey? I haven't. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's just I love ma- it. It's just, oh, it's, it's making fun of that genre. Really? It's Jane Austen. Just, it's her first book that she ever wrote. Oh, I didn't she know. She wrote it in, I think, book. 1813. It was the very okay. first book that she wrote. She was very young. And it's, it, the style is a little bit more immature. Like, okay. She definitely doesn't have like the sophistication that she has in her later books. But the concept of it is just making fun of that genre wow. and it's very very entertaining i laughed so many times reading it huh you might enjoy it but I yeah should. frankenstein yeah so i i it was i read it in october i had read dracula too i was just like wanting to read some halloween 
classics, but I did not expect to fall in love with it. I, and I really can't articulate why I love it so much, but it's just not what you would expect based off of how pop culture represents Frankenstein. The book is nothing, nothing like oh, that. Oh no, no, because then they, you know, they call the monster Frankenstein. The monster is not called Frankenstein. No, yes. And it's, it's about this man that cr- makes this creation and abandons it. And then the creation. Plus it's hard. And the creation. It's hard. Yeah. The he creation wants- goes AWOL and then he starts hurting people of the, that the creator but he, loves. He just wants to like have like a community. It's blood. So heartbreaking. It really is. Like he's and just. beautiful. It's mistreated. The Frankenstein's monster was mistreated mm-hmm. really badly. There's like one paragraph that I think is the pop culture representation of Frankenstein in the book. And that's it. Everything else is I like know. not what you would expect. And it's so good. I love it. Yeah. I've only read that book one time, I but it was very good. I haven't just never read gone it. Back I it. haven't read it. I've actually, I don't reread books, but oh, I see that's a big difference between the two of us. Cause yeah. I will reread a book series like 15 times and wow. still love it. Dang. I'm planning on rereading Frankenstein though, hopefully before the end of October, very if time permits. And I would like to annotate it this time. Um, I love it so much. What makes you annotate books? Um, I think like fear of um, forgetting what happened in the book because I read a lot or like wanting to go back and like look at what I liked um, and not being able to find like, oh, there was this one quote or one moment that I really liked and I have no clue where it is in the book. Mm. That's kind of the. Okay. And it also kind of helps me process the book as I'm going along um, and like retain things and stuff. That's cool. I was just wondering because that's not something that has ever occurred to me to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, like if I have like an individual quote, I have a quote book that I like, like an actual physical book that I write quotes I know a lot of people that in, do that. Um, but I'd have never thought about annotating a book. So that's an interesting perspective. I really enjoy it. Okay. You've had your time to think. <laughs> I have. And I'm no more secure in my order. So okay. these are going to be relatively out of order. Okay. But one of them is, uh, actually I'm going to save that one for last. Um, I love the Anna Green Gables series. The whole series as Uh its entirety, not just the first book. A lot of people read the first book, Mm -hmm. think it's mediocre and never go back and read the rest of them. And I think that that's a mistake because the the first book, although, you know, it's a book in and of itself, but it's also just more of a prequel to the rest of the series. Yes, that's what I've heard. Because it's like setting up a character. Yes. And then the rest of the series is the development and then like the, like, you know, Anne actually becoming a very full adult yes. human being with all of her children. And mm-hmm. it's still like, it's incredible. Okay. So I, I have a confession. Well. Confession. I did grow up on Anna Green Gables and yeah. because I have red hair. Tread carefully And here. I <laughs> usually wear braids. Um, like my mom used to like call me Anne sometimes. And I just, Anna Green Gables was big for me. We watched um, the original movies and then we watched the Anne with an E series when it came out i haven't i never i never saw that one well, it's really good and i really love Anne as a character and i love gilbert blythe but i've never read the books man <laughs> weren't you the one who just said that i'm the person who likes to read the book before watching the movie well no i wanted to be the person that like read read the book before watching oh, the movie oh. that's what got me into reading still yeah. i'm ashamed of you i am too i need i need to i need Girl, to read them come over anytime i will let you borrow those i own I own like the second or the third one. Um, those I do like, though I like those, those are really good. The second and third are, well, the third and fourth are probably my favorites. I think I own Anne of the Isle, mm-hmm. the one that's set in autumn, I think. Well, you know, the books span about a year each. Okay. Well, cool. that's not true. The Someone first one spans like five or six years. Wow. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm you're like good. really caught up in this. Yeah. Okay. But, 
Go ahead, continue. One of the main reasons I enjoy it is because the way that she sets the stage, specifically in the way that she, um, she'll like describe the setting in a very Mm. compelling way. And I really enjoy that mostly because I'm a very nostalgic person. Yeah. And it, it, invites a sense of like childhood like i don't even know like it it, it brings you back yes. a lot very very sentimental like she'll be talking about like oh Anne had this little hideout and it looked like this and like yeah. here's something but the way she describes it you're just like oh, i feel like i'm basking in this yeah. it's a very it's a comfort book i love description heavy books mm-hmm. i used to hate them and as i've gotten older I've loved them more and more. So that's the main reason I enjoy that. I also just like some of the characters that they bring yeah. up later. They don't shy away from really sad things in the books. Yeah. The first book, like, you know, everybody knows, like, oh, Matthew dies oh in the book. It, gosh, that's not the saddest Matthew. thing that happens in the books. There's, oh, really? Not, no. Oh, the no, books, I'm scared. But Maybe I don't want to read no, it. You, you like depressing books. You well, love it. It's, I just am a very easily sad person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I so, cry very easily at books. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, same. Um, I had a second one, and mm-hmm. it's now flown in my brain. So we're just going to go straight to my favorite one of all time is the Chronicles of Narnia series, which I know is nice. extreme. Oh, I remember what the other one was. It was Lord of the Rings. Oh, that's just for obvious reasons. Yeah. I just enjoy Lord of the Rings. But Chronicles of Narnia, I, I, I've always loved those books. And it's a very yeah. stereotypical union answer, I feel like. like no, if you're yeah. a Christian, you have to be like, oh, I love Lord of the Rings. But I really do. Just, um, I grew up on them. I've probably reread them again like 15 different really? times, like all of them. Huge fan. I know I'm saying series instead of just uh-huh. singular books, but I just count them as one no, whole story. That's understandable. Yeah. I read the entire Lord of the Rings series for the first time last year. <gasps> you did? Yes. Oh my gosh. I read so good. three of the Narnia books last year for the first only time. Whoa. Yeah. So and were that, you like the sword presents like only read like The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? And I read like, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, Prince Caspian, and Voyage of the Dawn Treader. So you watched the movies first is what you're saying. I actually haven't seen, I've only seen the first movie and I watched that first movie as a child and oh. I rewatched it a lot. But It's a pretty good, uh, the movies are not bad. Oh no, they're good. It and was the, shocking. The box set sat on our shelves as a child and- Do you have the really old ones that has a really complicated map? In, on the back cover? No. That's the one we had. I don't, I know that mine are ordered in the order they were written and not chronological order because uh, different box oh, sets yeah. are ordered differently. That The Chronicles of Narnia is one of the few series where I am not a tyrant in the order in which you should read them. Interesting. Because like you, like you said, they were written out of order. Yeah. And so people originally read them out of order. Yeah. And so I am actually okay with people reading them out of order. If I, I'm, I'm hoping to continue it at some point and I'm going to just read it mm-hmm. in the way the box set is ordered. Yeah. I, I loved those books because of the way that it handled truth. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. I, I cried probably in all three of them, especially the first one, just because the biblical imagery. I know. Is See, the so biblical moving. imagery is actually really heavy in Voyage of the Dawn Treader as well. It is. It is. Um, the first one also just feels very nostalgic and kind of Christmassy to me. And I Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, Santa Claus is in there and yeah, everything, dude. Yeah, it's so good. One I, of my favorite parts of the Voyage of the Dawn Treader is when he's talking to Edmund and Lucy right before he sends them back. And he's just yeah. like... And, like I brought you here so that in knowing me here a little, you know, you may know me better there. Yes. You know, and like I'm known there by her name, and it's just like, oh, it's so good. Oh my gosh! I can't wait for you to read oh, the last. Give me chills. Book. I need to. Uh, yeah. The last paragraph of the last book I've had memorized for really? my entire like. I ever. need to read it. It's literally, you know, like the plot of the last book. Are you okay? I actually don't. Well, then I'm not going to talk about okay. it. Okay. Yeah. It's just <laughs> incredible, but it's it has always helped me have such like a great hope. 
for like, you know, going to our home, like going mm-hmm. to heaven. Like yeah. I have like this huge hope in that. And it's mostly because of the way the book that handled that, mm-hmm. the way it handled it really had me like, be like, oh my gosh, we're not home. Like we're going home soon. Like it's yeah. going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah, it's yeah. inspired me a lot in that way. Oh, so beautiful. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're so good. Do you have a favorite, really quick, do you have a favorite Lord of the Rings character? Um, I actually don't. Really? Which is shocking because oh. I feel like a lot of people pick a favorite character. I, I mean, like I can say like, oh, Aragorn's great. He's such mm-hmm. a strong character. Yeah. But like, I, I wouldn't, I like the way that different characters bounce off of one another more yeah. than I like any specific that, character oh, by themselves. That's a good take. Yeah. Because in, especially in Lord of the Rings, in and of themselves, the characters don't tend to be interesting by themselves. They tend to be interesting with other characters and mm-hmm. the way they interact with them. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously like the Gandalf-Pippin relationship. Yeah. It, they're only interesting when they're, you know, mm-hmm. interacting. Uh, mine is Samwise Ganji. That's fair. I, in the books, definitely that's fair. He he's, In the movies, that's less fair. Okay, yeah. Uh, in, the books, <laughs> in the books, he in my mind, he is the real hero. Let's talk about book to movie adaptations because I feel like yeah. we've been mentioning a lot mm-hmm. that have been book to movie adaptations. Do you, are you, when you read a book, do you want an adaptation? Are you eager to see an adaptation? I wouldn't, I am fine with seeing an adaptation. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's something that I'm like, hey, this has to happen. It just doesn't, because yeah. I am a very visual reader, so I don't really need it all the time. Yeah, I, in some ways I do long for it, but knowing how disappointed I usually yeah. am in them, I've come to yeah. dislike it more. Some that I think have done it really well was I enjoy the Harry Potters. They were they were brilliant, especially yeah. given the fact that they were be- making them as they were coming out. Yes. That's fascinating. I enjoy the Lord of the Rings. Um, Very fair, and then especially the extended edition. I think the best book that's ever been adapted into a movie is Perks of Being a Wallflower because that the, was a book. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a book because the the, the author of the book was really. Um, involved in the adaptation to a movie. So it's very true to the book. What is that movie even about? I haven't seen it. It's got Emma Watson in yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen like the covers. I just don't know. It's very much like a coming of age, like different kind of thing. I don't, it's, I don't really know how to describe it because it's kind of complex, but. I need, okay, I need to actually, I've seen it around and I've just never actually gotten to the point where I've watched it. Mm-hmm. So shall we have an argument? About what? Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Um, Let's have an argument. I've only seen the Kira Knightley one. See, you're wrong. I but I've only watched it. I've only watched it once, so I'm not tied to it. Okay. I I, I want to watch the other one because okay. I know okay. I've I've heard it's better. Okay. okay, I'm appeased. I'm appeased. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I have very, I am that I have very strong opinions about the Kira Knightley version. Yeah. In that the cinematography is way better. Mm-hmm. Jane is cast way better. Okay, and I don't think that it's the same movie. I don't think that it's based yeah. on the book hardly at all. And I would just completely separately categorize it. Wow. And I think that Keira Knightley's not a good actor. Okay, dang. Um, Those are my takes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What be your opinion? Um, well, I like Keira Knightley in parts of the Caribbean. Um, yeah, but that's like the only, she peaked at 17. Let's be yeah. honest here. She peaked at 17. That was like the only thing I ever enjoyed her in. I am not tied to that Pride and Prejudice. The thing is, I didn't, I've read two Jane Austen books. You've only read two? And I've read Pride and Prejudice. And I read Sense and Sensibility. Those are two solid books. And, and I like better. Sense and Sensibility better than Pride and Prejudice. See, uh, the, some of the characters in Sense and Sensibility irritate me. That's fair. And I like that movie adaptation better. Which one did you watch? The one with... Alan Rickman? Yeah. That one's phenomenal. And he's my favorite it's character so in the book. It's so funny. Okay, I was just talking to my dad about this because he's a, he loves Jane Austen. It's actually mm-hmm. really funny because he's such an engineer. But he was like, I want to 
watch all of those movies. And I'm like, dad, you're such a romantic. And he's like, I know. <laughs> so <laughs> at some point I'm going to have to rewatch all these Jane Austen gooey movies with my dad. And it's going to be so much fun. Yeah. But yeah, I think, so on the whole, I'm not, I don't ever really necessarily desire a book to movie adaptation. Yeah. I think that it happens too often. Mm -hmm. I think that people see a book and they automatically like, it's like making a fan fiction almost. It's like, it's Ooh, not. Interesting. I don't, a lot of book to movie adaptations, I think are just, they're just for the fans. They're not yeah. actually because they deserved a movie, movie yeah. adaptation. I think that uh, uh, if you go back a little bit, I feel like they tended to be a bit more selective mm -hmm. and just like be like, this is like the best of the best. And this, the way that it's structured sets it up really well for me because some movies, some books just can't be done into a movie very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's fair. Um, we're running low on time here. So just on a closing note, um, what, what do, what do you think makes a good book? Or to you personally? I think in the way, I think, like I said, the way that it handles truth. Yeah. Because yeah. The, I think a lot of the best books have a discussion on the, on like those values. Um, like in Narnia, it's handling truth by like creating an allegory, mm -hmm. you know, Lord of the Rings, it's handling that truth by like compare, it's like creating a different world mm -hmm. and like handling those truths in a slightly different way. Yeah. Um, if you look at, you know, I don't, I tend to read a lot of like, Christian value books, even if they're nice. not like Christian, but you know, like, you know, Anna Green Gables, that's based in Christian values. Yeah. And I just realized that abruptly now that I'm talking all about All three it. of the series you mentioned are based in Christian values. They are all, and I did not think about that until just now. I th But I think, at least based on the books that I read, mm -hmm. I either like or dislike them based on the way that they handle it. And that's one of the reasons why I really enjoy children's books, because yeah. it's a lot more they handle it in a less morally ambiguous way. Yeah. And I dislike books that are morally ambiguous and uphold that as a standard. Mm -hmm. Now that is different, I think, from saying, okay, here's there's good and evil. This character has both good and evil qualities. And now we're going to talk about the complexities there. Yeah. But when they do like, oh, this person's morally great. I hate morally great characters. Really? They annoy, especially when they're held up as the hero. That annoys the crap okay. out of me. Yeah. That's fair. But I think that the way that when it handles a discussion of values and truth, I think that that makes a very good book. Yeah. What do you think? I I haven't really articulated this for myself much. And it's very because originally to me, what made a book good was just simply like if I liked it. But now I found that I cannot like a book and still consider it a good book. Very much so. I agree. And that's really kind of changed how I see books because I can read a book and I mm. will hate it and I'll be like, but I appreciate what the author did. Absolutely. That's how I felt about Phantom of the Opera. I did not oh, enjoy reading that book. I haven't read that book. It's, I don't know. It was just, I, I was so lost, but I could tell it was really well written. I just yeah. couldn't figure out what was happening. Yeah. Um, I read books because it's, I, sometimes it's escapism and sometimes it's just relaxation, but abs, oh, I feel that. I it's, feel that. they're just a really beautiful option to have um, when you're in, too in your mind, you can just get into somebody else's mind. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. And it, and it helps me clarify how I feel about how I feel about like different things. Like, you know, like I said with Narnia, like reading that helped clarify to me like, oh, I really am excited. Yeah. To like be able to go there and like, oh, yeah. 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 Books are beautiful things. Books are amazing things. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to us talk about books. Um, for more podcasts and daily articles, visit www.cardinalandcream.info. That's www.cardinalandcream.info.